In Legal Talk today, we want to look at what happens if you find your car, which you've left with a parking service, has been abused by the employers of that company. Now, there have been two such cases in the media in the last month. The one was the story of a Durban Durban businessman who had left his vehicle with a long-term parking service, which, while he took a trip to Cape Town, after five days, he collected his car at the King Shaka International Airport and realized that there were an extra 471 kilometers on his odometer. Oh, okay. Odometer. According to his vehicle's tracking device, it's taken 72 unauthorized trips. OMG. There was another incident at Oartambo where a woman's car left at the airport's long term parking, which had been used by one of the employees to drive his girlfriend around. And various trips to the KFC. No, you can't make this up. This is all true. Now, if something happened to that vehicle while it was taken on a joyride, who will pay for this? And will your insurance company pay for the damages? And what possible legal route can you take? Now, to clear up these issues, we've invited insurance expert and the CEO and founder of AMI, underwriting managers, Crystal Coleman and Daniel Kidd, an insurance lawyer and partner at Everance Incorporated. Good afternoon, Crystal, and good afternoon, Daniel. Hello, thank you for having us on your show. Hi, hi, Daniel. Uh, Crystal, hi. just reading the 72 unauthorized trips, various trips to KFC, honestly, you can't make this up. So let's start with you. What are the insurance implications if a private parking service abuses your vehicle? Crystal, it's such a complicated um, scenario to face because, um, you know, in the, in the South African insurance industry, uh, a lot of the policies that are being issued have got nominated driver clauses on. So it says only you are allowed to drive your vehicle. Um, and I actually heard of a case a while ago, also our Tumbo, where the lady's car was, uh, was taken to the storage facility written off and she had signed a disclaimer um, against the parking company uh, to say she won't hold him liable and then she submitted the claim to insurance company and they said sorry no one else is allowed to drive the vehicle and she had no cover so it is a very very important conversation and it's not just when people take your car without your approval it's when you hand it in when you hand it in to be washed or serviced or you know for a parking service you must remember that your insurance policy could have restrictions on that doesn't allow anyone else to drive the car. So it's a very important discussion. Um, and uh, yeah, depending on what your policy cover is, what your contract says, uh, whether your policy would have paid out in these two examples that you mentioned remains to be seen. Wow, Crystal, I mean, just listening to you, I'm, I'm fuming because, of course, firstly, taking your car to these airport services it's certainly not cheap and you really pay for it and you really pay for it with the understanding that someone's going to look after my car when I come back from my trip it will be there but clearly you know because as you say you are the driver and if you're not then it becomes a problem and it it sounds just really stressful so basically are you saying that an insurance won't cover you for this kind of incident unless you've read the fine print no, well, it depends on your policy. So if you were insured with AMI um, and the car was, uh, the value is less than one, you know, two million rand, we don't have nominated driver clauses. So so the car is covered no matter who drives it. But if you're insured with one of the direct insurers where they're very strict 
um, in, uh, by, by, by way of example. So some of the direct insurers and e- even some of the insurance companies through brokers where they're very strict on mm. who's allowed to drive the car because your insurance premium is calculated on the risk profile of the person driving the car. So they say, we will insure you, but only you are allowed to drive the vehicle. And then no one else who is um, in control of that car and in an accident um, will the accident damage be covered. I mean, I, uh, this is just the way it works in the industry, and that's why it's so important when you sign up for your insurance, don't just listen for the bottom line premium. Understand who's allowed to drive the car. What happens if someone takes my car without my authority? I mean, I would like to hear Daniel's view on, you know, if, if a criminal case is made against um, this company or the individual for stealing the car, because actually, if you think about it, they stole the car because I didn't have permission to drive it and how he sees that would would impact on insurance contracts. Mm. So good afternoon, Daniel. You've obviously been listening to these cases. So um, as Crystal said, from a legal point of view, who is liable in a case like this? You know, is it the parking company? Is it the person who drove your vehicle? Or is it me who's perhaps sitting in Durban having a great holiday, having left my car in Cape Town? Yeah, Chris, as you, as you, you rightly pointed out, you can't make this stuff up. Um, I did I did read about the Durban business, but I had no idea about the, the second incident in Johannesburg, and it is quite shocking to hear. So, look, as, as a generality, the point of departure is when, when, you, when you leave your car at a parking facility like this, um, the con- there's a contract entered into, obviously, between yourself and the parking facility. We call that a contract of depositum which is a Latin term for deposit. Mm. So it essentially means that the, the, the vehicle is delivered to the parking facility for safekeeping and obviously returnable on demand. And, um, and what's quite important to remember is, is an agreement of this nature um, imposes upon the depository, which in this case is the parking facility, a legal obligation to exercise reasonable care. Um, over the over the vehicle. Now, what that means is, if the vehicle is destroyed or lost while in their possession, um, they would be liable for the damages unless they can show that that the damages occurred without their intent or negligence. Now, when, when you take this example of of what had happened in in this case, I, I'm sure that the parking facilities would argue that there was probably a rogue employee who found the keys somewhere and then decided um, to go on these joy rides without their permission. But but that won't necessarily exculpate them from liability. The the fact of the matter remains is that they they have a legal duty to exercise reasonable care. So in other words, um, systems should be in place to to avoid this from happening. So first up, um, no employees, uh, apart from I, I think probably security guards, should have access to the keys, and the keys should be thoroughly protected um, to avoid this this the scenario from happening. So yeah, so if if, if something happens um, to the car whilst in the in the possession of the of the car company, they can certainly be liable for the damages. What you as consumer need to watch out for is is the so called the so called owner's risk clause. Mm. Now yeah, so quite often when you sign when you sign these um these uh, um, agreements to leave your car over a certain period of time, you'll find an owner's risk clause which basically says that while the while the, the vehicles under our roof, um, we're not liable for the for damages to those to, to to the vehicles. But in my mind, it doesn't matter what the what a contract of that nature says. If 
if something were to happen of this nature, where, where your car is actually taken outside of the parking garage for a joyride, that's never, that will never form part of the, of the anticipated terms of the agreement. So I'll be appalled if, if any judge would, up, would uphold a, a defense based on the owner's risk clause in these particular circumstances. Mm, thank you for that explanation, Daniel, because I think, as you said, when we had started the conversation and Cristal mentioned, you know, this about, you know, the nominated driver, my anxiety just went like, oh my gosh, I need to look <laughs> at my insurance policy. I need to reread the, the fine print because you're so right, Cristal, is that, you know, when we get, we look at the bottom line, we look at the price, we don't look at the finer clauses and on Honestly, I would love anyone, Cape Talk listeners, please send me a message if you read that 10 or 20 page disclaimer, because I don't think we do. And then this happens. But I mean, Daniel, thank you for outlining in terms of, you know, kind of the the legal duty, this notion of contract deposit, as you pointed out. And then, of course, also as consumers. So so the next question, then both to, um, to Crystal and to Daniel, how then can we protect ourselves against this type of thing happening? Because, again, as I pointed out, I'm going on the understanding I'm paying for a service and there will be care taken of my vehicle because otherwise I could have rather than left it at my mother's parking garage and taken an Uber, but I'm actually taking taking the money and insuring and entrusting this company to look after my car. Uh, you know, the, 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 Crystal, the problem is that not all insurance policies are created equal. So, so you really, if, if this is, and, and I just want to stress this, it's not just the airport parking companies. It's when your car goes in for a repair, for a service, for a valet, you know, when you wash, have your car washed at a valet parking, a valet, you know, car wash place, and you leave it there and they drive the car. Um, you, you know, if you leave your car in someone else's hands, you must make sure that if there's a claim, your insurance, your insurance policy will respond. And it's so important to know that, you know, you get what you pay for. So if you just shop around for the cheapest cover, you will possibly find all sorts of restrictions in your insurance policy that you only find out about when you've had a massive claim. So so it's, this is a very important question you must ask your insurer when you do your um, application or your broker and say, what if I leave my car to be washed or repaired or whatever and someone else drives the car with or without permission, will I be covered? And, and get it in writing. Um, because it's it's something that happens all the time, and and it's not just when you leave your car with a repairer or a service provider. It's also um, you know you've got a car, and your brother visits for the weekend, and he pops down to the shop quickly, and and you don't realise that you've got a nominated driver clause on your policy that says no one but you is allowed to drive the vehicle. Even if your brother is stone cold sober with a valid driver's license, and he didn't do anything, if he's not noted on the policy to drive, there won't be cover for that claim. And that's a big um, case for going with an insurance company that where you have a broker that gives you advice and where the cover is comprehensive and you get what you pay for. Um, and then you don't just try and go for the cheapest premium without understanding what that means. Crystal, I'm, my, my heart is just like sitting here in my oh, head no, because no, because also like I mean I I now need to check because my dad when I travel he picks up my daughter from school and then I you know he you know feels more comfortable driving my car so 
I find my nerves now, Crystal. I'm after yeah, after I'm going remember. after this discussion. Oh, <laughs> Please, thank you. This is the beauty of being on air. Um, so, um, Daniel, from your side, I mean, the legal yes. aspect of it all. Yeah. So, so look, I I, I agree with Crystal. I th- I think the the safest way to cover yourself is to actually cover yourself. In other words, you 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 must you must ensure that you know exactly what you're covered for through your own insurance policy and and go for an insurer like like um, like Emmy or 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 another insurer that also does not have this nominated driver clause because Christelle correctly correctly points out that this is I mean this has now made the news because of because of an interesting story that people take individuals took your car and then went for a joyride but the the actual risks goes much further than that as as Christelle points out as an everyday thing like going to a car wash or um, basically leaving your car wherever um, you know so. The, so it's, it's it's much more it's, it's much safer for you as individual to deal with your insurance company, someone who you know or your broker, um, and and get the damages paid that way. It's a much more difficult route to take if you don't have proper insurance cover, and you now have to take on this third party company, um, because then then we're talking potential legal fees, and we're talking a potential prolonged legal battle something that you really want to avoid and that you can avoid by just making sure that your insurance cover is in place. And then obviously um, one, one needs to try and, um, and, and stick with reputable parking facilities, you know, um, people that, that, that you know your car, well, which can at least try and guarantee that your car is safe. Um, but more than that, you can't really do. If you, if you choose to take the risk of, of leaving your keys with somebody, then, then unfortunately things like this can happen. Mm. And so just in closing, um, Crystal and Daniel, if you now have discovered this, this has happened to your vehicle, what advice would you give listeners? Well, you have to report it to your insurer, first of all, um, as quickly as possible, report it to to the police. Um, If someone has stolen your car, in other words, taken it without your permission, um, you can, I'm sure, take criminal, uh, you know, sort of steps against them. And um, But the most important thing, Crystal, is just if you're listening to this interview today, check your policy. Ask your insurer or your broker the questions and make sure that, um, that you are fully covered after, you know, when the, when the claim happens. Don't act after the fact. Be proactive. Do it right. Do it right now. Thank you for that. I'm actually making a note, Crystal. Check your policy. So, Crystal, you're going to get a call from me. Crystal. You send it with the biggest of love. <laughs> so, Daniel, just in, in closing, from your side, from the legal perspective? Yes. Yeah, so, so I would agree with, with, with Crystal. The first thing you have to do is obviously um, notify your insurance company. And then you do, I, I would also go to the police station and lay a criminal complaint because you do have grants to do so. And then um, I... I wouldn't imagine that it's necessary to go to a lawyer straight away. Um, I think you could take guidance from your insurance company first, see, see if you see if you're covered, and from there on, if that doesn't work, then unfortunately you will have to go to a litigation attorney to to assist you in 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 claiming against the the parking facility. Thank you so much. I was in conversation with the CEO and founder of AMI Underwriting Managers, Crystal Coleman, and Daniel Kidd, an insurance lawyer and partner at Evans Incorporated. Thank you so much, Crystal and Daniel, for your insights. I don't think we often think of this, but as Crystal said, check your policy, because in our legal talk today, we were discussing what happens if your 
Find If you find your car, which you've left with a parking service and paid a lot of money for it, has been abused by the employees of that company. Thank you so much, Crystal and Daniel.